0: In today's episode, Tara's son shares her own personal story about her struggle with controlling behavior with her husband before they were married. She talks about how this led to disrespect and living in a season of impatience in the moments when God was calling her to be still. She shares how that control manifested into unkindness, and we talk about the struggle of that type A personality desiring to manhandle your own life and the release of weight that comes when we learn to relinquish it to Jesus. Tara shares the background of her chronic illness and how it has affected how she operates in her relationships and in her business. If you struggle with control or impatience in your home, in your marriage, or in your future, this episode is for you. If you enjoy this conversation, don't forget to click subscribe for new episodes every week and listen in to episode 73, The Marks of a Christian Life, Are You Living It Out?, episode 120, The Theology of Rest, Sleep is a Spiritual Issue?, episode 42, Singleness is Not a Disease?, and episode 124, Parenting with Patients. Let's jump into today's conversation. At the end of our days, we want to be proud of how we spent that day. At the end of our lives, we want to be equally proud of the decisions that we've made. To do this, we need to face the hard. We need to talk it out. We need to lean into community, relatability, and understanding. We need to hear how other people got it together, how they overcame the shame, hurt, toxicity, and past trauma and chose to move forward. But nobody talks about the hard stuff enough. Life is tough and confusing, and yet we try to glide over the struggles like the glaze on a donut and expect to come out unscathed on the other side. We don't deal with the hard. We just keep moving forward, distracting ourselves with scrolling, Netflix binges, and a busy, busy life. But none of us want to feel like we're drowning or settling in the one life that we've been given. And that's where this show comes in. I long to be a piece of the puzzle that not only extends a hand, but comes alongside of you to Live well and to live with joy. On the Living Easy podcast, I dig deep and talk about the things that people are not always comfortable discussing. We talk about the nitty-gritty of marriage, from living like roommates to the confusion of sex and intimacy. We talk about the reality of losing friendships and the art of making new ones as an adult, because let's be honest, it is not always easy. And we explore essential life principles like real forgiveness, making perfect memories in imperfect homes, and how to deepen your relationship with God in a way that genuinely changes. Changes how you live and how you love. God has used the Living Easy podcast to touch hearts in nearly every country in this world. I started this journey with just a computer on my lap as a nursing mom. And since that point, I've had the incredible privilege of connecting with millions of people worldwide through my platforms and through my online courses, such as The Wife Project, From Roommates to Soulmates. At the heart of it all, it is people who make my world go round. Relationships matter and how you feel about your life at the end of your life is of great importance. And that is why I pour my heart into connecting with you. People are everything to me and I share my own stories of my mess, the hardships and my big mistakes on this podcast paired with all of the wisdom and the lessons that I have learned along the way to bring you freedom. So let's be friends, click subscribe, grab your favorite warm beverage, and get cozy. I'm Lindsay Maestas. Welcome to the Living Easy Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. This is Lindsay, and today I am here with Tara Sun, author of Surrender Your Story. Tara and I have had the opportunity to kind of get to know each other via social and then also on her podcast. So welcome back, Tara. Thank you for being here. Thank you
1: so much. You look beautiful. Thank you. So do you. It's good to see you again. (laughs) I'm so excited. And it's another excuse to hang out with you because it's been a while. You're on my podcast. We talked about how to know if he's the one, all the things. So this is so fun to hang out again. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, and we're
0: going to jump in kind of in a different direction. However, there is going to be marriage conversation included into the concept of control. So this is something I feel like has been just to be super candid From the get go, this is something I've worked on or struggled with, battled with is being controlling, I think my entire life. And when I became a Christian, that sense of God being in control was really jarring to me because it was something where I needed to step back and say like, okay, I have the amount of work I've done to try to keep my life in this really, really pretty pocket of peace and harmony. Is not necessarily the way it's going to look. And yet equally, I get to release that and I get to have the freedom to give it to God, even if there are areas where I don't understand. Mm -hmm. So I want to just begin by asking you maybe a little bit, do you have any stories of control, like lack of control, feeling out of control, striving for control, whether in your own life
1: in your own relationships or your own business? Yeah literally so many. (laughs) And first of all, you're not alone. Lindsay, you're not alone. Everyone listening, you're not alone. This is not just a type A problem. It's not just a problem for the people who love to plan. It's a human condition of just wanting control. So first of all, it's like, we're all doing this together. Even though I wrote a book on it, I'm daily having to surrender. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as just like big stories, I mean, I won't go into all of them, but just the first one that comes to mind is um, when I was 14, it's a big part of the book. um, When I was 14, I was diagnosed with a chronic illness just out of nowhere. And it absolutely demolished my life, at least what I thought in the moment demolished it, just wrecked it because I was going into a time where I really believe that time of your life is super influential because it's kind of when you start getting into um, thinking about more about careers and relationships and dating. And there's just so much that I was so excited about (laughs) at, at that time. And then that totally demolished my idea of control because I suddenly was super debilitated wasn't able to even move life was so derailed um this chronic illness has changed a lot of how i've lived how i've operated yeah. as a mom how i've operated as a wife how i've operated in my business and so that's a big one i also struggled a lot with control when i was dating my husband mm-hmm. then boyfriend and um i we dated for a long time which i used to say i don't recommend but i just know that god's timing is different for everyone but we were so young when we started dating and but that also lent to me being like, oh my gosh, this waiting is horrible. I just want to mm-hmm. get married and I just wanted to control. I actually, to be super candid, took that desire to control. And I wasn't very kind to my boyfriend, now husband, and I kind of like berated him and just like wouldn't let up on him. I was like, when are we getting married? Just like really bugging him, and being impatient. And so that's how control manifested itself in that. And it's just a lot of things that control has, has really been a part of my life, like you said too, Lindsay. Yeah. And it's been... A big theme of my life, but I've also found the freedom to, and like you said, getting to trust God with it and mm-hmm. um, having the opportunity to surrender. And it's a hard but really, really good thing. Mm. so thank you for sharing that, Tara. Yeah. I I often see
0: in life just as a whole, that when we come out of something, everything is 2020 in hindsight, right? Right, right. So I'm curious. As you look back, because I think it's such a pivotal part of growth is looking back and seeing like, okay, and and not living there, but looking back to say, okay, what can I learn from this? So just as the example you used with your boyfriend at the time in pressuring, I mean, pressuring, you know, being excited is what it is. Excited, It was pressure, but yeah. yeah. (laughs) But as you look back and you see that, how do you navigate maybe feelings of regret or feelings of disease about that or feelings of like, I should have handled it differently rather than shaming yourself and living in that. How do you choose to learn and grow from it?
1: Mm, that's so good. And I love that you asked that because I don't think I realized until a while ago that I did have shame over that. And I was really embarrassed by it. And when people would, you know, when we got married, you know, they looked at our story and like from the outside looking in, they're like, wow, like so inspiring. Like you guys had such a sweet love story. Let's like, which we do, but they didn't see all the behind the scenes stuff. And I do have regret and how I, how I treated him and how, in a lot of ways it was disrespectful and mm. um, just not a really good example from me as a follower of Christ. And as far as just like moving on, on from that. I've seen so many really cool opportunities of redemption through that. Um, I have a lot of friends who Michael and I, my husband, were kind of the first to get married in our friend group and kind of trailblazed at least that. And what God has really done through redemption in that is to use my shortcomings and my mm-hmm. mistakes that I did make in that relationship and being impatient and being kind of disrespectful and um just not wanting to trust God with that very well. And I've been able to share that with people. I was able to share that with so many couples and so many of our friends that were having a really hard time waiting for engagement for that relationship. And and like, well, how did you do it? You dated for like six years or five, Mm -hmm. five, six years. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, it wasn't easy. And I'm like, I made a lot of mistakes along the way, but I just, it was, it's been really cool to see how God has used those opportunities to tell people that is worth it. And, um, really to encourage people to respect even their boyfriends even when they're not husbands yet but to practice respecting what that looks like to respect a someday husband because I really was not doing that and so I've been able to encourage even my best friend I'm thinking of my best friend who got married a year ago and she's like I just really you know I, we just talk about it all the time and I can tell it makes him annoyed or or discouraged and and I'm like okay let's practice respecting them because I, failed here, but like it's that stepping stone when you guys know you're going to get married to practice that respect muscle because it's not easy. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can even practice that in your dating relationship. So there's been some really cool, um, conversations that have come from that. Mm. Well, and it's really challenging when we have so much access
0: to the lives of other people and the accomplishments of others. And I feel it, you know, in my business, I have to constantly check my heart and step back and Mm -hmm. allow Jesus to give me the story that he has created for me mm-hmm. versus trying to add snippets of everyone else's story into my story to make sure That's it measures good. up and yeah. it's so empty when you do that because you were like wait this actually wasn't even intended for me and while like we all love marriage and we all I, i'm i pressure Jesse I'm sure we were pretty quick <laughs> about things but we had been friends yeah. for a long time right. but but when i think back to that time there was so much pressure to mm-hmm. get married to start a family and what I've started kind of sharing on the podcast and in my Instagram stories on living easy with Lindsay is how easy it is to wait our life away. I've seen it in, you know, you wait for a husband and then you wait for a baby and then you wait for that next big career move. And then you wait till your kids are older so you can have more free time. And then your kids are older and then you're waiting to be an empty nester and be retired. Mm -hmm. And then you're retired and you're like, wait, where did my life go? I waited it away. And so I would ask you, what would your encouragement be to women who find, or men who find themselves in a season or even in a life pattern of constantly waiting for the next best thing?
1: Mm, I feel for everyone listening because I've been in so many waiting seasons myself. Mm -hmm. I even dedicated a whole chapter of my book, Surrender Your Story, to walking at God's pace. And it's, we just deep dive in what it looks like to how, how patience isn't really a poison. We as a culture think that like, why wait when you can have it now, like mm-hmm. hustle harder, just get there quicker, like drive the results so you can just get there sooner. Yeah. And when you look at God's word, when you look at um, a lot of people in the Bible as examples, like patience was the catalyst in which God used to prepare them for the next season to not only just get them to the next thing, but just to get them closer to his heart. Mm-hmm. And So the person, to the person who feels like they're just kind of waiting, 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 I would just encourage you to, like Lindsay said, just not rush through those seasons for the reason of, I know that God's will, we know from God's word that God's will is unmovable, that what he plans, he accomplishes, his promises never fail. But I do believe, and I've seen it in my own life. We've seen it in the testimony of people in God's word. And maybe Lindsay, you've seen it too, that we can miss things. We can miss opportunities and things that God wants to teach us if we're just trying to rush ahead to the next thing. And so I would just ask you, do you want to miss what God has for you? And what I mean by that is, do you want to miss the lessons and the sanctification, which is becoming more like Christ, God forming you into the image of his son more and more every single day? Do you want to miss those moments? I think we discount that God can do so much in that waiting season when we mm-hmm. feel like results are only driven once we get to the destination, mm-hmm. um, and it sounds so cheesy, um, but I would just ask you: Do you do you want to miss that? That there's just that daily obedience that God uses to prepare us for the next thing. And just like I love analogies, God loves <laughs> agricultural analogies as well. Yeah. <laughs> but I live in a I live in a small country town and. God just talks so much about seasons and he talks so much about the planting and the growing and the unseen. When a when a mm-hmm. seed is planted, it first has to grow out before it grows up. It has to go down and out. The roots have to go down to form a foundation and also out to form a foundation so that the, when the winds come, when the rains come, that they can be resilient. Mm-hmm. And then it grows up. If it doesn't, If it has a shallow root system, if it hasn't been given time, if it hasn't been trained, taught, or pruned, it's going to fall over. It's going to die. And so I just think when you're in that season, remember that God is training you and pruning you and building a foundation. You cannot see it. So in those moments, you need to ask the Lord, like, help me believe, or even just preach truth over your soul when you can't see it, because faith is a lot of walking, you know, by what we know God is saying and not necessarily what we feel, you know? Mm
0: Hey guys, I wanted to take a second to tell you about something that I truly believe can change your life for the better. The Proverbs 31 woman was a woman who not only raised her family with intentionality, but she was also a successful business woman. She left her family early in the morning to make trade deals and was an investor who made and spent her own money. Our economy is not in a good place but the online industry is not going anywhere. It is a $100 billion industry that has more than enough to go around. I know now more than ever before that people are eager to get away from the nine to five job or a paycheck to paycheck lifestyle and to instead enjoy the beauty that life truly has to offer. We want to work to live, not live to work. And Jesse and I realized the exact same thing, so much so that we actually changed everything. We packed up our home and moved across the country away from the only home we had ever known for 30 years. And why did we do it? for a real quality of life. We were done with the hustle culture that had consumed us for so long. We wanted to slow down and we knew that nobody could do it for us. So I dug into social media and online businesses and everything I learned over the past eight years about serving my audience well, and I made it into a course. Nearly eight years ago, I started a blog from my couch holding a newborn and I was covered in spit up. It wasn't glamorous and nothing was laid out for me, but I wanted to talk about the things that I loved. The only problem was that no matter how active I was on social media, Likes and follows didn't pay the bills. So I decided to jump into online courses and it completely changed our lives. We no longer have to stress about money or time freedom. We wake up to passive income in our account every day and have all the time in the world to go to our kids' sporting events, school activities, and have brunch on a Tuesday afternoon, all because of our online business. I wanna tell you that it definitely isn't too late for you to do it and that you do have something worth sharing and teaching, even if you don't feel like an expert. If you're a hairstylist, DIY, teacher, homeschooler, a personal trainer, nutritionist, virtual assistant, or just a mom who wants to bring in extra income for her family, you have something to share with this world. So I have created two huge academies that are jam-packed with every tip and trick that I've learned over the past seven years to build a six-figure online business. There is no gatekeeping here. I am showing you every detail of what I've done to build this business from the ground up. Who does not want more time to spend with their family, to work while vacationing on the beach or to go to brunch whenever they please? It is possible for you. My permanently profitable Academy is a full 11 module course with everything you need to know about starting and making money through social media, blogging, podcasting, affiliates and online courses. It is two academies for the price of one for a limited time only. And it is available now with a full workbook to help you stay on track, to stop the intimidation and to answer any and all questions that you have. And here's my promise to you. Once you have finished these lessons, you will have created your own course from start to finish and you'll have a marketing roadmap for a successful launch to go with it. So what are you waiting for? As always, nothing changes if nothing changes. So click the link in my show notes to sign up for the waitlist or go to sparrowsandlily.com backslash money making bundle. Now let's get back to today's episode. What would you say to the woman Tara who was like, okay, I've lived in it. I've lived in the place." where I've had faith and I've waited for my husband to be saved, or I've waited for this career opportunity, or I've waited to not have this financial burden and the weight on my chest. Mm -hmm. I think that that is where a lot of that desire for control stems from is like, okay, I've, I've done that. Like I've done the waiting, I've done the faith thing, you know, and not, not to minimize that because I get it. I get the overwhelm. I get the frustration. I get the exhaustion, And so their next thing is like, well, I must just, I just need to take control. I need Mm. to not listen to God. I need to get that divorce because my husband isn't saved. Mm. I need to go and find somebody better, something easier. I need to take the job that isn't what I'm called to do, but will make me more money. You know, Mm. how do you speak to people who are like, just at that point where they're understandably worn out and exhausted and almost feel like God isn't showing up for them?
1: I love this question. And I first want to say that it's real, it's mm-hmm. honest, and we see you and we feel you in the middle of whatever you're going through. I may not understand exactly what you're waiting on and what you're frustrated about, but I do know a few things about God and how he feels about these seasons. I was just talking to a friend about this the other day is that anything that we're anxiously awaiting an answer for, or we're frustrated, or we're, we're done waiting on God for, it all points us to a longing that cannot be fulfilled until we reach heaven. So Mm -hmm. I just first want to acknowledge that whatever frustrations you're dealing with, when you have a frustration or an unmet expectation, it's really supposed to point us to Christ, our ultimate hope. And we get really bogged down when we're looking at our circumstances. So that's a big theological truth. But then I also want to remind you that surrender is not passive, that When we talk about laying down your life, when we talk about trusting that God is in control and that you're not in control, it's not you sitting on your hands and Mm -hmm. saying, well, okay, I'm going to just sit back and let life pass me by. And I'm going to wait and sit here on my couch and I'm not going to do anything. Surrender is about obedience and doing what God has told you to do today and then doing it again tomorrow. And so I do want to tell you that there may be some people listening. This may be some tough love because I also need this on a daily basis. Is that like waiting is one thing, but just not doing anything and just thinking that God is going to just lay it out for you perfectly is another thing. Yeah. So if you're waiting in a season of frustration, you can like the obedience is up to you. The results are on God of and, and the timeline okay. is on God. But the obedience that you can take steps in faith and you can also be like, okay right now I'm really waiting for my husband to be safe. Like you keep bringing that example up, like whatever that is. And so simple steps of obedience, not simple. I don't want to say that. Um, but steps of obedience that you can take would be like, I'm going to continue to pray for him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to continue being an example. I am going to step up when I feel like our family is falling apart and intercede for us. And I'm going to do these things and like whenever that looks like like you can do things that can move the needle for lack of a better term so just know that you can do things and that when we talk about god being in control and not taking back the control we can take steps that still live in surrender but are also still active like if that makes sense yes. like i want that to be super
0: clear <laughs> yes no i i agree with you fully and i think that's so wise and one thing that i feel like i learned a long time ago i don't know from where but It's been very powerful to me is something very similar to that, where it's like, there are areas in your life where there's opportunity for passive faith. And that's just to say, Lord, I'm on my knees. I'm on my Mm -hmm. face and I trust you to do work, but there is even greater opportunity in the active faith where we are still, I mean, the actively praying, we're actively Mm -hmm. seeking, we're actively reading, we are actively trusting, but we're also doing the work to take steps forward, to do the things that we're called to do rather than living, living passively. So I think the passive faith for me sometimes comes when I'm like, okay, Lord, I am broken. I have nowhere else to go. I don't know what direction to take my life in. Like, for example, my son's asthma, the -hmm. passive faith is a real thing in that because I just say, Lord, I am, I just, I give him to you. I can't, I can't handle it. I can't handle the weight of it. It's going to make me emotional. Mm -hmm. Um, like, it's just too much for me and yeah. I trust you. So oh. sorry, didn't plan that, but no, um, okay. yeah, like I, I have to just trust you and believe that healing is here or healing is in heaven. And either way, you are so good and you are so faithful. And I still have just this solidarity in coming to you and knowing that you have him, like you mm-hmm. love him more deeply than I do. And so that for me is like, there's peace in that because as the control girl, I Mm -hmm. want to, I'm like doctor, 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 but it comes to a point where it's like, there's nothing you could do. This is, this is his body Mm -hmm. and there's steps you can take, which we do. But ultimately I'm like, Jesus, he is yours. What was your experience growing up in the church? Did you find that you had a really positive experience or a difficult experience? And how did that shape the way that you navigate? your ministry now?
1: Oh, it's a great question. I was blessed to, so I was adopted, but I was adopted at six months old. So I literally don't know anything else but mm-hmm. this life. Um, but I essentially say born and raised, but sort of. Um so I was adopted into a family here in Oregon and incredible, incredible church community, very biblically sound. My parents have been in middle school ministry for mm, almost 30 years, maybe wow. I should ask them. But like their, I mean, their marriage, if not a little bit more, um actually they're over 30 years, but so definitely their marriage. And so it was yeah. immediately like born into that. My brother and I always went to middle school youth group with them every night. We, we attended church on Sunday. My parents weren't just people who showed up to church. They were people that really, really loved God and were involved. And that was a, such a, a culture, for lack of a better word, in our home. And so I'm super thankful for that. It wasn't superficial or legalistic. It was an incredible experience. But I would say this was this is on me though. This is on not on my family or, or the culture that I was raised in. But um I took that as being like, well, like my faith is on my parents because they're incredible, like, you know, patriarchs of the family and they're they're incredible mm-hmm. and they love the Lord. And I'm just gonna coast on that. I'm a good Christian girl. I go to church and I, I wanna clubs and all the things and And, you know, up until I was in high school and got that diagnosis, like life was so easy for me. Mm -hmm. Like everything was handed. I excelled at whatever I did, like no limitations. And I really coasted. Um, And then my parents had this really big point throughout my whole life that I didn't really realize until I came up against struggles. They always encouraged my brother and I to make our faith our own. And they're like, you know what? Ours isn't going to cut it. The churches isn't going to cut it. Your your future husband or wife, that's not going to cut it as far as their relationship with God. Like you need to make it personal. But it wasn't until I walked through the fire and things kind of shifted that um, it really did make my, I really did make my faith personal because I had to get to know God. Like I had no other choice. Um, and so, yeah, that's a long answer, but I'm mm-hmm. thankful no, for the community, yeah. but I do caution people against that because it's like, don't get passive because it's mm-hmm. so easy sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and I hear that from a lot of people who grew up in a church.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. My husband is pastor's kid.
1: So we deal okay. in like
0: totally different realms where yeah, I'm like, yeah, I had the massive transformation story from disaster to mm-hmm. salvation. And he was like, I kind of just, I kind of just expected it. So I love that your parents mm. reiterated that though, yeah. that you're not going into heaven, holding someone's hand, like this is yep. your responsibility. And I think just as parents, that's something so influential and necessary to speak over and over again alongside the gospel. Yeah. Um okay, so, so my last question. Our society, and I think especially 2023, our society emphasizes independence and being like a self-sufficient woman and like having it all together. Yeah. And that can contribute to this illusion that control is necessary for personal fulfillment. And we see it. I mean, I know you've Mm. seen it where it's like manifest this, manifest your destiny. And it's, it's so antithetical to what Jesus teaches. How do you navigate the temptation to be all things to all people, to be self self self-sufficient and to relinquish that control to God in a world that tells you to do otherwise?
1: I can like talk about this forever. It's go ham. a huge go pain <laughs> point of my life. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. It's it's a huge pain point of that's been a huge struggle of mine because like I said, I am a natural achiever. Uh, I'm not huge into the Enneagram, but I'm a definite three. Same. And um, type A, like go, go, go. Again, like I I can execute. If I have a vision tomorrow, I will get it done the next day. Like that's just kind of how I am. Yeah. Um, and so that's always, it's, it's a strength, but it's also a major weakness because pride has come into play. And it's started to make me believe again, like the secular lies that I'm in control, that I can manifest that like, wow, I'm just putting out good feelings and I'm working hard and things will just accomplish if, if I just do that. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, like you said, it's so against what God's word says. So a few things that I really have to come to terms with every single day. The book was literally written based off of Jesus's teaching in Luke nine, when he tells the disciples that you need to die to yourself every day, he says daily, follow me die to yourself and take up your cross out of order, but dying to ourselves basically means to release personal control. And that's an everyday thing where we need to be like, okay, Jesus, you're in control. I'm not, I'm going to go about my day and I'm going to trust you practically for me, um, fighting against the lies of manifestation for me and girl bossing, girl bossing and being everyone to everyone, It's just reminding myself of a couple of things that is how needy I am for God. And that my origin story, that everyone's origin story is coming from a deep need for someone to save us. I mean, we're told in Ephesians 2, that's by grace we've been saved through faith. It's not a gift of ourselves. We can't boast in it because it is the grace and the gift of God. Okay. So first of all, that's our origin story. I tell people that that verse is where we came from. So that's a humbling reality Mm -hmm. that we couldn't save ourselves, that we can't take pride in where we've been because it's Jesus who did that. But then in verse 10, it tells us that because we're saved, then we were created to do good works. Mm -hmm. Out of the grace we've been saved, out of that humble posture, then we go and do, but only out of God's strength. Mm -hmm. I also have to slow myself down. I have to remind myself that I have limitations, that even if I'm feeling really good and I'm energized and I can do a lot of things, I have to ask myself like, okay, just because I can do something doesn't mean that I should do something. I have to slow myself down and ask, okay, God, this is a really good thing Mm -hmm. and it probably will be really good for your, your kingdom and your people. But well, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you want me to do. So do you want me to do this? It's not overpacking my schedule. It's focusing on what matters most, like my husband and my kids and then everything else and my relationship with God overflow from that. And it's just being really aware of when I personally like overpack my schedule, when I don't create margin to rest and have those rhythms and routines. I will easily fall into self-sufficiency and yeah. hustle mm-hmm. and for me and then I just I I take my eyes off of God. I start to believe I'm in control. And so it's just a daily humbling and pulling myself back which takes so much discipline. Um but if you feel like you can't do that, if you feel like you just don't have the willpower, if you're in Christ, I wrote a whole chapter on this. You don't have to do it alone that you have a holy power source. Like a, like a toaster that's plugged into an outlet, that toaster cannot work unless it's plugged in. Like any of our, our you know, devices, we have to have a source that charges, um, that re-energizes us and they don't work without being plugged in. You cannot operate out of anything. I mean, you can't operate out of yourself. You have to operate out of the power of the Holy Spirit. So all in all, if you're listening to this and you're like, Tara, this sounds good. And I know Jesus wants me to surrender and trust him and not control, but I can't do it. Yeah, you can't do it. But you can do it within the power of the Holy Spirit. So don't you dare try to go a day without being with him, asking him to help you, even just saying a simple prayer like, Lord, rid me of myself. Show me your ways are higher and better today um, because he will show you that his story is better, not because you're not talented, not because that you don't have value in Jesus Christ, but because he's God and he has a better plan for your life. Well, in the
0: act of abiding, as you're saying, Tara, I feel like that act of abiding is one that can be so challenging, but the fruit mm. is yeah. always sweet. It is always mm. the the willingness to say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set my sa- myself aside. I am going to die to self and take up my cross. I am going to choose to rest in him, which I think sometimes, especially for girls like us, like the act of resting in Jesus is the greatest thing that we can do and just be still. And I'm God, like living in that verse and just knowing like, I, for me, as I think about it, I'm like, I think so many times about how I race through life. And then I look back and I'm like, wait, God, did I even let you into that? Was wow, I, did I even yeah. include you or invite you into something that I know that you want to be a part of, that you love me enough to be a part of, but equally that you could have done exponentially more than mm-hmm. I did in my racing and hustling and striving than in your glory and your goodness. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just, I'm so thankful for your honesty and for your wisdom yeah. and for surrender your story. And I always ask my authors this cause I love it and I think it's so important, but if you had one or two takeaways that you want people to when they read your book to walk away and have that like book hangover i can't stop thinking about yeah. this what would that be for you
1: this is it it makes me emotional um because i used to believe that control was the only way that i would get to safety and security. And Lindsay, you're opening with this about how sometimes it's hard to let go of control because you're afraid of what will happen. Maybe there's trauma, whatever has happened. Um, but I think my main takeaway and my main prayer that I say over and over again, I've, I've, I've said this on other podcasts that I just want people to walk away with this big sigh of relief, knowing that there's freedom. I want you to feel free. God wants you to feel free. We can so often approach God's word and these ideas of surrendering and letting God have his will over ours. um, We can so think that they're stifling and that they're oppressive and that God doesn't love us and that he's just this big thing in the sky that doesn't care about us and is so far removed. But I just want to tell you that Man, there's so much freedom in letting him have his way because he knows things that we don't know. He sees things that we don't see mm-hmm. and that those who trust in the Lord were told in Psalm 34 lack no good thing. Mm-hmm. So if you walk away, know that there's freedom in letting God have control and also know that he's loving in every intention that he is love. So he can't do anything that's a part from love that's that's distant from love so your story is marked by love and it's marked by freedom he came to set you free he came to give you the abundant life in john 10 10 that's only found in surrendering and i want to tell you to taste and see because i we, we can preach this all day all day long but it's not until you experience it and you take that step of faith and you start dipping your toes into the water into this book into this idea um that you'll see it for yourself and i seriously can't wait because it's so good it's so good
0: Well, thank you. Thank you so much for just your candidness and for putting yourself out there to write a book that shares your own story, which is of course, I mean, everyone sees this act and thinks like, I wish I had the strength to be vulnerable in that way. And I think it's so beautiful that you listened in obedience to write, Mm -hmm. surrender your story that you shared and you're open and, and just to, as encouragement, this is always kind of my motto more than my mess, but that as we talk about control for the audience, one of the biggest freedoms of my life has been the willingness and the ability to share my mess openly, to Mm -hmm. not hide it, to not tie it up with a pretty bow. Yep. In order to bring freedom, because the more yeah. I can say like, yeah, guys, I'm a creep. Like I, I'm a mess. I am a disaster. Like I'm depraved all those things. And here's why, and here are the things that I'm do. I've struggled with, but here's mm-hmm. God's abundant grace in it. Mm-hmm. The yeah. more freedom and joy I have, because I don't feel the need to, again, tie myself up with a pretty bow to present myself in, in this matter of, of having it all together. And that's what control does. Control tells you, you need to have it all together. You need to figure it out. And, and so just for you, Tara, to be willing to say like, okay, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm sharing what God has taught me. I'm sharing the growth that Jesus has brought, but I'm also sharing the mess of my own struggles and to bring freedom to others who have battled the same. So yeah, just,
1: Yeah. There's, there's nothing to prove the pressures off. And I think that's the freeing thing about surrender is that you may not want to admit it, but surrender is so exhausting and trying to control everything is like, it's just like, it's like this. I mean, it's the analogy if you're watching like to hold your fists like this and, and clenching them down instead of living open-handed, like you can live, Life is going to be hard, but with spiritual ease, you can live life with spiritual ease when you surrender and you'll see that you don't have to strive. It's just nodding us all up and destroying us from the inside out. But surrender is so freeing and it's like... Take the pressure off. Like it's not about you, but you get to be invited into it. And I think that's so incredible.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so good. And for all of you who have not yet read Surrender Your Story, I shared it on my Instagram a while yeah, back. So I read sweet. through it, it was phenomenal. And it was, Thank I have you. a car book always because I drop my kids off at camp and at school that's and right. all those things. Yeah. And so, so, I was reading. I loved it. It was just really impactful for my heart. So, for those of you listening, go check it out. I will link it in my show notes as well as in my email that I sent out to all of you if you're on my email list. If you enjoyed this episode, as always, we love to hear from you. We love your feedback. So, please tag me at Living Easy with Lindsay and Tara at Miss Tara Sun, M I S S, which I'll also share in show notes let us know your feedback. What takeaways did you have? Um, And if you do read, we would love to see that. So tag the book. This is promotion for a woman who has put her heart on the line and put herself out there. So the more that we can support her and love her that better. So we love you all. We're so grateful for you. And we will talk to you next week.